everyone to the Campbell's Footballs podcast with me, Dr. Grant Campbell. Now we've just seen quite an extraordinary weekend in the Irish Cup, full of drama, lots of talking points and plenty uh, to discuss. And who better to discuss the action with myself is Stephen Crawford, who is back on the show after a long miss. Stephen, great to have you back on. Hey, Grant. Yeah, it's great to be back. Uh, it's been a while. I think we were just discussing there. I couldn't remember how long it's been, but it's a uh... I'm looking forward to getting dissecting some of the big issues. There's certainly plenty to talk about on the, over this last week. I think it's the first meeting we've had together of 2022. I hope your start to the year has got off to a good start for you. Yeah, it's been great. And uh, obviously plenty of football action. And now we're getting into the real business end. So it's uh, set up nicely for a really, really uh, thrilling climax in the Irish League and uh, the, the cup competitions. Yeah, we're going to be uh, reviewing the Irish Cup quarterfinals that took place this weekend, but we'll also be doubling into the Premiership at the Championship as well, because as Steve has just alluded to there, we really are getting into the business end of a quite extraordinary season, both in the Premiership, the Championship, and of course in the Intermediate League as well. But Steve, we have to start with the Irish Cup because we are down to the last four. Uh, as we'll come on to talk about, um, we saw four very interesting matches. And of course, we have one major situation which has certainly still left with a muddy waters with the goal situation with Glenn Torn, potentially, although it's not been confirmed as of yet, looking like that their place of the semi-finals is in serious doubt. Yeah, I think uh, everybody was a bit sort of stunned to think, and here we go again on, some, on Saturday evening when the, the news started to break about uh, the eligibility issue regarding uh, Joe Crow. So it's just a shame because obviously you prefer matches to be sorted out on the, the football pitch rather than having to go in this direction. But um, I think it looks like there's maybe a case to answer there. So I'm sure the AFA will be looking into that as soon as possible. This is the fourth occasion uh, that a club in Northern Ireland has fallen foul of the Comet system, uh, where a player has been deemed to play a match uh, that they shouldn't have been. They've been ineligible for this game. Why is this a continued problem in Northern Ireland, Stephen? I don't know. It's uh, it's obviously very worrying for the clubs because um, this is the registration system, and uh, obviously it gives you know uh, lets clubs see eligibility and, and things like that there. And I think when you look at the cases, Lauren obviously alerted the, the authorities about their situation in the League Cup. Unfortunately, it was deemed that the, the players shouldn't have played as well, and subsequently they were thrown out of the of the the, the League Cup at the time. The two other guys it was registration before the transfer window, which I thought was a bit harsh because uh, like a lot of these things, these guys are volunteers. They're probably going on to register players. I just think if he hadn't played any games, I, I thought that was a bit harsh. Like, whenever it's just a, a date issue. Uh, this one with Joe Crow is obviously due to him getting sent off of the reserves and having to wait the time and period of uh, three games. And because of his situation playing the first team, he didn't qualify for the Intermediate Cup and it's just been an error and it's going to prove a really costly error. Yeah, obviously, Lauren and Institute were the two clubs in the League Cup and, of course, yeah. it was Dondella, uh, who were due to play UD City, but, of course, were yeah. kicked out of the competition and Ards were, yeah. were reinstated and, of course, now Glenn Soren in this situation. 
for Glenshoren and Larn, two of the full-time clubs to have fallen foul to these rules, is this a error on the club's part? Or is this something that the system should be streamlined to improve? Because it's being used in quite a lot of countries worldwide. Mm-hmm. I, I think there's probably a bit of both. Um, I think, you know, whenever you bring a system like this, club, clubs are probably relying on it and, and, and taking it as face value and saying, right, this player's eligible to play. But on the other hand, I would say that clubs probably have to keep their own records and make sure from their end that they have done everything right. Because uh, I remember a few years ago, Corey Ian got caught with a Ray Harkin suspension. I think they thought the suspension was kicking in the following Monday. Turned out he played that Saturday beforehand and he was suspended on being told or being sort of inferred that he was available to play. And the authorities basically... And one and one way or another said that the clubs have to go by their mm-hmm. own records. Yeah. And ultimately I think that's what's going to come down to. However harsh that is on the clubs. But the only thing is now I would say large are probably scrutinizing everything so that they, they don't fall into this again. And I would say Glen Torn will probably be the same now that everything will be down to the, the fine details. I think uh, today Mark McIntosh has wrote a very good piece in The Sun, so well worth uh, checking out. It's Hotel uh, Glen Torrance Double Dream is hanging by a thread at the Laces eligibility issue to hit the Samuel Gelston's Irish Cup. On the BBC Sport website, it says that the Irish FA is aware of the matter and Glen Torrance are not making any comment at this time. As of 10 past seven on the 7th of March, we have no outcome of that. Glen Torrance reserves have since played three matches since Crow picked up the suspension but one was an intermediate cup match, as Stephen alluded to there, a competition for which the 23-year-old is not eligible. I mean, they have to show some form of consistency here, don't they, Stephen, because of the, the three teams that have already been expelled from other competitions? Yeah, this is it. Like, you know, it's such a... So, you know, for I think for the supporters as well, like, obviously, Ben Torn's on a crest of a wave at the minute and, like, pushing for what could be a double, and suddenly now that's just been taken away because of uh, admin issues like you know so I'll be a case of wait and see uh, how this whole thing develops now From a sponsorship point of view because obviously we saw Bet McLean have sponsored the League Cup and now that, as I said I think it's the, the Samuel Gelston's Whiskey that are doing the, the Irish Cup where do they stand in this? Because I'm sure are they not well within their rights to kind of say well this is coming all too often for our point of view, our sponsorship is being tarred through the mud with this why should we not just pack everything up move away and say Go and find someone else. Yeah, I'm sure it doesn't help whenever uh, you've, you're going to attract money, particularly in this day and age. You know, there's the chance of sponsors is, is probably slim on the ground nowadays, particularly whenever you're looking these companies to put on a lot of money. Uh, but uh, I would say the profile that they're getting, they, you know, sometimes these things that happen, but it just seems to happen more than often in, in the local game. So maybe everybody, authorities and clubs, and they need to sit down and try to sort this out so that we can. We move away from this that you know mistakes will happen but it's just how often they happen just takes away from a bit we, we've talked a lot about Glenn Torrance side in this how do Nuri look at this because they benefited obviously uh, from the situation uh, with, with Dundella didn't they and obviously in their own circumstances they were already preparing for a match against Dundella ended up playing arts now they look like they have been knocked out of the competition but they might be reinstated or likely to be reinstated. How do you think guys like Darren Mullen must feel off the back of this? They kind of must be scratching their heads thinking, well, we've got to root back in here. But as you said earlier on, Stephen, you want to try and win the match on the pitch, don't you? Not yeah. in a courtroom. 
Yeah, well, I think uh, Darren's comments were spot on the money on, on Saturday evening. Obviously, he was still at the ground whenever the news started to break. And Darren was just like, you know, he was more interested in how his team played on the day. And it was very honest in saying, I wish we had won on the day. And then, you know, you take away from all this. Uh, as a club, they were probably looking at it and saying, well, this is, they have done nothing wrong. They, you know, the situation has arose. So if it is found that the Glens have broke the rules, then they're quite right to take their place in the semi-finals. And mm-hmm. I'm sure they'll they'll be delighted. But as, as Darren said, they would rather have done it on the pitch rather than off the pitch. Yeah, I mean, Jay Donnelly did score the only goal of the game. I mean, it seems really stupid to be talking about the game because Glenn Tord did win it on the pitch, but it was still a very good finish from Jay. Yeah, it's you know, I think you've, you've run out of words now to describe Jay's finishing. He's, he's, he's cool in the box and he, he gave him an opportunity and nine times out of ten he'll put it in the back of the net. And that was just the difference between the two sides on, on Saturday. I think nearly gave a great account of themselves. They took, you know, they made themselves hard to break down and they showed their qualities and I think Darren have been using that as a good marker for if they get promoted next season. They say that, well, we can go to the likes of the Oval and give them a real good game. Ultimately, they lost the game, but in theory, they've been very encouraged by the performance this guy's put in. We'll talk about Newdy and their championship credentials later on in the podcast, Stephen, but for Glenn Toran, we kind of kind of brushed on this early on. How do you think, as a club and as individuals mentally, this whole circumstances will affect the rest of the season because they've got some massive games coming up, haven't they? They've got Cliftonville tomorrow night as we're recording this and the game live on the BBC Sport NI website. They have some huge games coming up as they try to win their first title for many, many years. 2009, I think it was. It's a long, long time and there's a lot of pressure on Glenn Tord to, to get that silverware over the line. This circumstances could not have come at a worse possible time, I'd argue. No, and, and for the players, it's a sickener because obviously they've had nothing to do with this. You know what I mean? Like They're just there. They play football and win games of football and then they'll be told after the match, well, their efforts could all have been in vain. Uh, it's a bit of a sickener and they're in there a real tough game on Tuesday night at Cliftonville and what could be a crucial, crucial game because if they were to lose that, suddenly they're behind the eight ball in, in terms of the league title challenge, like, you know, because Cliftonville will go ahead of them and, and if Lumpy get a result and it's a big amount they, they, they claim and if you're left there, your Irish Cup chances are gone, and then suddenly you're behind the eight. It's it's it sort of puts a pressure on them, like you know, to try and cut clean the game back. Yeah, it certainly is. I'm sure the story will run and run. As we said, uh, at quarter past seven on the seventh of March, we don't have an outcome of that yet, but I'm sure you will see it in due course. And back by the time you listen to this podcast, you may know the outcome of Glenn Torrance's situation. Now, obviously, as it says on the the, the draws and the sponsors' websites, Glenn Torrance are due to face. Balamina in that semi-finals. And just before we talk about Balamina's game, how do you think David Jeffrey must be feeling at the moment? Because he's sided through the CFLs, but as of as we record us, we don't actually know if it's actually going to be Glentor they play, or if indeed it will be Nuri. Yeah, well, I think uh, Balamina will just be focusing on themselves. DJ has been that long in the game. He'll he'll be keeping the boys just say, look, we're in the semi-finals of the Irish Cup, one game away from the final. That's all that matters. Obviously, when you look at the two sides, and that's not to disparage Newry City, if you had a choice to pick one of the two sides, you would you'd probably rather face Newry City. You know, there's no two ways about it. Uh, Balamini will be looking at it and saying, you know, we've got an opportunity here to get the another Irish Cup final. But at the same point, you have to go out and, and win the game. So I think no matter who they play, it's a huge, huge game to get an Irish Cup final. We saw four very different quarterfinals this weekend, and I think this game must have been one of the most bonkers of the weekend because Larne, 
twice in a two-goal advantage. They were 2-0 and 3-1 up in an extraordinary first half. Lee Lynch opened the scoring. Um, Lee Bonus made it 2-0. Then uh, Michael, Paul McElroy scored for the penalty spot to have the deficit before Albert Watson bundled one in to make it 3-1. And then David Parkhouse scored uh, just before a time and effort that was adjudged across the line. Um, a strong first half from Larm, but you know, did they make the most of their advantage in periods of this match? I think that uh, this is Park David Parkhouse goal just on half time was a real blow because big one three one up it gives you that two goal cushion. Uh, I'm not saying Balamina wouldn't have pulled it back in the second half, but uh, the fact that they didn't get the third goal they so late on in the game and you know they probably could have left themselves a bit more open at the back for Larn to exploit. Uh, again, it's a real blow for for Larn and like to be two goals up twice in the game and not see it out uh, was quite worrying. Um, I know throughout the season there's been a few players come out and saying you know that you know, at times they, they just maybe lack that wee bit of you know just seeing the game seeing the game out and getting it getting the one over the line and uh, you just wonder you know is it a mental thing or what is it with the players like you know mm-hmm. I've got to ask you Mickey Place or Michael Place scored the equaliser to make it three three is this an error from Connor Devlin or is it a very good free kick. <laughs> I haven't been a goalkeeper myself. I'll stick to the goalkeeper's union and, and give a, give a, give the outfield player the, the the glory. But I think uh, Connor's a great keeper. I know last Tuesday night down at Corian, he made a series of great saves. They they uh, keep a side in the game, and you only can see that very late on. I think it's hard to cut the call at times because the ball travels so quickly, and you know he's always just been caught off guard on side it, but. Uh, I'm sure Balamina didn't care how it went in as long as they hit the back of the net. Very much so. And of course, the game did go to a penalty shootout and the big hero was Sean O'Neill. I mean, what a big moment for Sean. It's been a very tough season for him with the situation with Crusaders. But David Jeffrey taking him to Balamina and already becoming a bit of a hero for the Sky Blues. Yeah, and he's a big character and I'm sure he was just thriving on that occasion. Uh, you know, he's been there and done it. He's won trophies left, right and centre. And... Uh, he's, he's no better man to have him between the sticks uh, it's harsh on Lee Bonus and Matty Lusty the two guys that end up missing their penalties but uh, like Sean that experience that he has and the know-how just to get his team over the line and well, he'll be relishing now for an Irish Cup semi-final I've got to ask you a question on the penalty shoot because we've seen quite a lot of penalty shoots happened in the FA Cup and throughout the place. We saw, obviously, famously at the Euros, Matty Lusty taking that second penalty. Do you think maybe more an experienced player should have been taking that second penalty? Or do you always say he's shown character, he's shown a bit of leadership, he's shown bravery to come up and take the penalty? And okay, it's a good save from Sean Neal, but it wasn't the greatest penalty in the world, I have to say. Obviously, he's a, he's a very talented young player and I know Lauren of high hopes for him. Um, Oh, he must have felt confident enough to, to put his hand up and say, yeah, I want to hit. Um, from that moment to going up and stepping up to take the penalty, <laughs> it can be a long walk, as they say at times, and maybe the nerves just got the better of the shot, but I think he deserves applauded for putting his hand up and saying, look, I want to hit it. Mm-hmm. It's, it, is, it is unfortunate. Sean it's a double-edged right sword, isn't it? Because yeah. we saw we saw at the Euros, didn't we? I mean, we saw Bukayo Saka taking one for England, mm-hmm. uh, and then obviously he misses, and then all the the fallout from that. But that's you know, it. I just think a young guy, how could this affect him going forward yeah. if that situation occurs again? That's it, and like it's one of those uh, learning situations. He'll probably it will weigh heavy in his mind the next time that he's in that situation. But 
it could make him stronger as well. It could make him, you know, he's been through that situation. He's missed a penalty. So he has to react now and, and see what he's made of. I, I well done Keelan Lockran, who scored the winning penalty. I've obviously had Keelan on my show in the past. He's another big character and I'm absolutely delighted for him to score the winning penalty because he's just such a nice guy. Yeah, and uh, obviously when he was at Carrick last season, he was their penalty taker. So I think uh, they would have felt pretty confident with the big man stepping up to take the last penalty. But what a penalty it was. He, he wasn't for missing that one. And <laughs> you can see he enjoyed it anyway. For a big lad, he's got big balls for taking that. That was for sure of that period in time. Um, I mean, we, we've talked about how much Balamina enjoyed the Irish Cup. I mean, this is their third semi-final in a row. David Jeffrey just loves the Irish Cup, doesn't he? Yeah, like he, he's been there, he's done it, he's won every honour going, and he, and he knows what it's like to, to play in those situations in terms of quarterfinals and semifinals. I think probably a disappointment for David in recent years was they've got the finals, but they haven't got over the line. They won trophies, like you know. I think they've maybe lost four out of their last final, five mm-hmm. finals. You know, so the recent one, of course, being the, the Glenn Soren game, which was the, yeah. the first final back with, with 500 fans, wasn't it? That's right. So I think. You know, that probably gives him the fire in his belly they, they want to go on and I want a trophy like he said a recent uh, reasonable success since he's won the Ballymena and it's not just one in the trophy it's the European football element too which is massive for every club now so that's a real carrot to get there and won the trophy on the day and they're getting some big players back from injury aren't they I mean I think Josh Kelly was back recently for that game against Cole Rain, which I'm sure you were at and you know players like David Parkhouse scoring goals and Paul McElroy being a big contributor as well they're, they're a never say die attitude side Ballymena and they've had some really good results of late yeah you know at times it can be a wee bit unpredictable you know maybe you think that they should win more games than, the, than what they do but that they have that from their boss. They have that real attitude to go out and, and make things difficult. And as you say, Josh Kelly coming back, I thought that day against Korean, he's a real box-to-box, makes life mm. difficult for everybody. And he gives them that extra dimension. And if you've got boys like Parkhouse and McElroy chipping in with goals, you know, you're, you're going to win more than you lose, so you are. He think Josh will be happy as well because Newcastle have been on a bit of an upsurge of late. And I know he's a big Newcastle fan, so always good to see that as well. Um, in terms of Lauren. Where does this leave their season? Because they've won, they've defended the County Antrim Shield, but they obviously were kicked out of the League Cup. They've only reached the quarterfinals of the uh, this season. Oh, well, this season's Irish Cup. They didn't get to the final like they did last year. They're not having the best league season. Where does this leave Tian and Lynch? And where does this leave Lauren going into the end of the season? Do they simply have to qualify for the Conference League now, Stephen? Yeah, I think if they do, if they don't qualify for Europe, that will be a major disappointment for. Do you, do you, do you think? Do, do you think Lynch will go at the end of the season? It's a difficult one to call because I know how loyal Kenny is, and he, you know he, he's not just one to jump on the and make rash decisions. They have obviously seen this as a long term development at Lauren. Uh, I thought the other day there was a. I think he put a tweet out saying that um, you know things will be assessed at the end of the season. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I thought it was quite telling, obviously, that, you know, when you, when quite you a invest statement that to make. type of money, yeah, when you, when you invest that type of money and you assemble the squad that they have, they want to be up there challenging for league titles. There's no ifs or buts about it when, you know, mm-hmm. you have to be there. And I think for a few years, people were sort of maybe saying, oh, Lauren, you know, they're doing well, they're doing it. But there comes a point when you have to be up there and you have to be title contenders or you have to be challenging for Irish Cups. Yep. And you look at the likes of Cliftonville this season, who have, you know, done fantastically well. Um, Lauren probably look on and think, you know, that, that really should be us, you know, mm-hmm. and 
So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, as I say, I don't think it'll be a rash decision. I think you know everything will be assessed from squad to development and this, that and the other. So um, it'll be an interesting few months, certainly, for Lauren to see how they develop. Like, you know. I mean, they have to be careful as well because they've played two games more than Crusaders. Uh, they are two points ahead of them, but Crews have two games in hand. They've played one more game than Coleraine, but Coleraine, if they win that game in hand, would be back to within three points. I mean, their fourth place looks more under pressure than them maybe even trying to close the gap on the top three. As you say, you know, Clifton have got a game more to play than, than Larne. It, it, it looks like fourth's the best they could hope for. Yeah, it's just been a bit of a stop-start season. You know, they've maybe one on one of three or four games and then had three or four per results. Obviously, they won there at the Oval not that long ago. They put in a great performance that no, night. They, they won back-to-back games against Glentoran. Yeah. So, but there's just not that consistency. And uh, and deep down, you have to say, why why are they not able to do that on a week-to-week basis? Like the, you look at their squad, the, the squad's as good as anything in the Irish League. But yeah. you have to ask, why are they not just on a more regular basis? Yeah, it's very much so. It's certainly going to be another story that runs and runs. But well done to Balomina and to everybody associated with the Sky Blues. Well done to David Jeffrey as well. So that's one semi-final Balomina against either Glenn Sword or Nuri, as we've talked about on the show Let's talk about the the other semi-final that's brought up and let's talk about the game on Friday night, a game that you were at, Stephen, a game full of talking points. Cliftonville 2, Coleraine 1. I don't know where we start with this. I think we should just go in chronological order because I watched this game and you were obviously at the match. Um, I personally thought the start of the game was fairly even Stevens um, early on. I thought probably Cliftonville at the early stages of the match. But Lyndon Kane opening the scoring um, with a very tidy finish. Yeah, I think as you would expect at home, Cliftonville and the run that they've on, they started very confidently and they lost the probably the first twenty minutes without Gareth Dean really having a save. They might think they maybe had one save from Chris Lowe. And then a great passage, a typical London Kane run from the back and a super finish. Uh that really turned the game in its head. I think it's up until half time, Cliftonville just lost all rhythm. Corian probably should have scored a second, Rodney Brown with a header but he had it straight at uh, Luke McNicholas and if he had went 2-0 up I don't know if Clevenville would have would have come back from it like uh, I think that would have really shot them because I just think the pressure when your people keep talking about three trophies and this that and the other when you're still in that you cup games especially because the clock's constantly ticking down you could see it in their play they were maybe getting a bit jittery mm-hmm. but they, they've shown this season they're a fantastic side and I know maybe uh questions about the equaliser, but you can't fault them to come back and win the game. Well, we'll come on to talk about the equaliser in a minute. I wanted to talk to you about uh, quite a few incidents in this second half. Um, I saw a lot of people on social media wanting me to ask you about Stephen Lowry's yellow card that he picked up. I've seen it a couple of times. It looks a pretty dirty challenge. And I don't think Stephen Lowry's that sort of player, uh-huh. but it certainly looked a poor challenge. Yeah, no doubt. And as you say, Stevie's, Stevie's not that type of player. He's not a, a guy that will, will leave the foot in. I think the bounce of the ball and he's been he's misjudged the challenge as as high, uh, and there's no doubt that he could have picked up a red card. The referee has seen it and deemed it as a yellow card. Uh, it goes in that ca- it goes in that category of hard yellow, doesn't it? It's a, if it was yeah. an orange card, I think that yeah. would be the perfect color for that. I think if he had a so solar red, he probably maybe wouldn't have complained about it. But it's that type of challenge, as you say. It's in between a red and yellow, so mm-hmm. I think he probably was fortunate, like you know. 
Within 60 seconds of coming off the bench, uh, Joseph Gormley, to quote uh, David Jeffrey, um, mm-hmm. got Cliftonville's equaliser. More than a hint of controversy about this, Stephen. Was it a handball? I was actually sitting behind that, that goal. Uh, and when it happened, I thought, what's he put it in with? Because the height of the ball, the ball came in, it definitely wasn't his head because he didn't stoop for it. But the goal was given and I didn't think any more of it. It wasn't until I, I watched the replays back later on, I thought, it's come off his arm. And mm. I know a lot of people are saying the officials can't see it, but if you watch the footage from behind the goal, the assistant referee in the far side is actually deep enough to be to be seen. And Oren Kearney's point was that Joe's arms are right in front of him because yes. I think as he says... Joe thinks he's going to collide with the post. So as you do, you put your arms out in front. Absolutely, because it's it's instinct, isn't it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think as the balls come in, and because Joe's in that position, it struck his arm and went in. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not suggesting for one minute Joe Gormley tried to put the ball in. No, I I don't think it's deliberate. I don't think it's deliberate. It's not deliberate. And as all strikers do, he's made a great run to the back post, lost his man, and it's a fantastic ball in with Jamie McDonald. Oh, it's a super cross. We should be talking about that. It's a great cross. Yeah, it's great. But as soon as it happens, Stevie O'Donnell's pleading for, for handball. Now, I don't know the officials, did they see it? Does it happen too quick? I don't know. But though that was a major, major call in the game. And it obviously gave Cliftonville the, the lift that they needed mm-hmm. and brought the game level. Uh, and it, it did change the game. Yeah, I mean, it is a momentum swinger when a decision like that yeah. goes against you. I mean, if that was on the other shoe, we'd be, or yourself, I'm sure, being a Coleraine supporter would have been screaming uh, for that yeah. to be allowed. And this uh-huh. is the thing, and this brings back this question about VAR, VAR light, you know, can it come mm-hmm. into the Irish League? You know, do you think that this sort of instance might be improving the case for that? Yeah, I just don't don't see VAR coming into the Irish League for, for a while because I think just to set up and the finance doesn't need it. It's probably not there at the moment. Um, mm-hmm. But but it does have a major impact on games. Like a, as Oren Kearney made the, the the point afterwards, that's a two hundred thousand or half a million pound decision, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and and for a club like Corian, it's massive. Now, I'm not saying if if Joe doesn't score that or if it's ruled out, the Corian go on and won the game. Nobody knows. We don't we don't have a crystal ball. But it definitely does impact the game because as we said there, Cliffin will get a huge lift out of it. Mm-hmm. If the whole home crowd are suddenly left it and then within 10 minutes they get the, the second goal and it, it, it's just, it's it's harsh and I, I really did feel for Orn after the match because mm-hmm. he was totally exasperated and you don't mind losing if you go out and lose it and it's the team plays off the park or scores two wonder mm-hmm. goals but that's hard. And it kind of came at a point where Cliftonville were not really in the game. I thought Coleraine were fairly comfortable at that point. They were they were never really in trouble. And then, obviously, as you say, the, the, the game sort of swings. And then just 10 minutes later, we see another Wurlitzer from Jamie McDonough. And I think, as Thomas Kane mentioned in commentary, what is it about Jamie McDonough and smashing goals? Well, that's it. And you cannot afford to let that man have time and space outside your box because that's what he'll do. But interestingly, that's the first... Worley that he scored that's actually won the game for Cliftonville because the other good goals he scored and, 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 Tim, won Ma- the game. And, Tim Ma- and Tim McCann has seen all three goals live so he must be <laughs> on the board thinking we need to get him in the summer that's it he'll be getting I, or, or else Cliftonville, Cliftonville will be buying him a season ticket for the game. <laughs> uh, no he's, he's a super player and I actually spoke to him after the game on Friday and he was saying that after every training session he stays behind for about 25-30 minutes 
and practices his shooting. And he says on Thursday night, he tried that shot and he never had the target once. <laughs> but he did it when it mattered. He did it when it mattered. And that's all that matters for, for Cluffinfall and for McDonough. I mean, what a season McDonough has had. I mean, have you been impressed by him coming from Glentorn? And could it could he be a big difference between them winning their first title since the, the 20, 2014, 2015, I think it was? Yeah. The, the big thing about him is, you know, you sometimes got wide men who they don't score. All they do is assist. Or you get wide men that score and maybe don't provide assists. McDonough is doing both this season. And, and what a, a joy that is for Cumble because... It's such a threat they have, as well as having the likes of Ryan Kern, a, a Joe Gormley, you know, people like that there. You've got McDonough, who just frightens the life out of defenders because yeah. they don't know if he's going to whip the ball in or if he's going to stick it in the top corner. I think he's been one of my players of the season. Now, we need to talk about, in my opinion, what I think is a bigger decision than the Gormley equaliser. The penalty kick that wasn't given for Matthew Shevlin. How on earth does Lee Tavender come to the decision that that's a yellow card for simulation, Stephen? Because Chris Gallagher, I, I like Chris Gallagher. I think Chris Gallagher's had a good season. But he's two nibbles of uh, Matthew Shevlin as uh, Oren Kearney's commented on correctly so yeah. as well. It's, it's a penalty all day long, isn't it? Yeah, again, there's there's footage from, from behind it and you see that he's got his leg wrapped around Chevy uh, and he goes down and then there's like an or nibble. I don't know if it's because Matthew tries to stay on his feet after the initial contact and then goes down, makes him think that he's looking for something. I think if maybe he, could, he goes down after the first one, he maybe gets a penalty. I don't know what the referee's saying. It certainly wasn't simulation. There was contact mm. there. And I think if you're going to book a player for, for diving, you have to be 100% uh-huh. sure that that player's tried to con you. And that, that definitely wasn't the case on Friday night. And I, I saw a very similar incident at the weekend. I think it was the Fulham game against Blackburn in the Championship. And Alexander Mitrovic completely dived, yet the mm-hmm. referee gave a corner. Um, yeah. And I couldn't understand how Mitrovic did see a yellow card because that was yeah. clear simulation. So it just goes to show you the inconsistency of decision-making like that. That's it. And, and, and the other side of the thing is Gallagher was already in a yellow card and would they have been booked for if they had awarded a penalty and now they sent off? We don't know. Again, it's a, it's a crystal ball moment. But So it was a double whammy a bit for, for Corey on Friday. And I think that's why mm-hmm. Martin was so frustrated because it's bad enough to get one decision to go against you, but two, two was pretty mm-hmm. hard to take. On the flip side, for, for Cliftonville to reach another Cup semi-final, um, and as we've alluded to, they could still potentially win a treble. I mean, Paddy McLaughlin is just doing an absolutely sensational job this season, isn't he, Stephen? Oh, he's fantastic. And like, it's not only their consistency in the games they're winning, it's it's the way they're going about their business. They play play fantastic football. And uh, out of all the teams, Cumberland have been the one they impress me the most this season because they do play with a swagger and they, there's a freedom there, which obviously Paddy gives the players. And But if we mentioned the likes of, of the McDonough's uh, and the, the Currens, I think the key thing for the season is that the likes of the Johnny Addis, Chris Lowe's, the... Uh, the Luke Turners, you've slotted in there seamlessly. They've yep. given them a real pa- platform to build on. They aren't giving up silly goals like Clifford had done in the last couple of years, which basically ruled them out of, of competing for trophies. They are now solid at the back. They have a good goalkeeper in there. And if you can keep them out at the back and you've got boys like McDonough and <laughs> it all up front, you, you're going to win games, so you are. I mean, Coleraine have played Clifford now four times this season and haven't won any of them. They now, of course, have the League Cup final to come on Sunday. You know, yeah. this is the last chance probably they will have to, to well, they certainly want to try and defend the League Cup because obviously they yeah. are the, the last winners of that. 
this is this is going to be huge, isn't it? I think there'll be a little bit of revenge being sought after here for Kearney et al. Yeah, like um, as I say in there, I think Corian got their game plan very, very spot on, on on Friday night. I think they they were hard to break down. Uh, ultimately, it, it didn't weren't able to see the game out for one reason or another. But I think that gives them a flavour of what they can do on on Sunday. It's going to be a tough game. We know what Clevenville is going to do. Big pitch at Windsor, massive crowd. So I think it's all the makers have been a have been a cracker. Uh, again, is there extra pressure in Cliftonville with all the talk of winning trophies? This could go one way or another for them. If they, if they go and win it, it sets them up, gives them such a major boost for the remaining two competitions. If they lose it, it's how they react, you know. Yeah. So I think this is a massive week for them, obviously with the Glen Twan game on Tuesday night and then the final on Sunday. Yeah, very much so. We'll give our thoughts on the League Cup final later on in the show. But there is one other Irish Cup quarterfinal we have not looked at yet. And Cliftonville will be up against their Belfast rivals, Crusaders, in the semi-final. This was a cracking game, Steve. And it finished Crusaders 4, Dungannon Swifts 2. The Swifts had led 2-1 through goals from Campbell and Knowles from the spot after Robinson had given the Crews the lead. But Ben Kennedy and a certain Jay Owens with a double late on, winning it for the Crews. What a massive result for Stephen Baxter's team. Huge. And uh, obviously, Dungannon gave them everything on, on, on Saturday. And at one stage, it looked as if they were going to go on and win the game. But unfortunately for Dean and the, and the Swiss, they couldn't couldn't hold on. And when you've got someone with experience and uh, goal threat of Jordan Owens, you can bring him on. I think that was you know, it's now 23 Irish Cup goals. It's not it's not a bad record to have, like you know, but uh, they're just ticking over nicely. And I'm sure Big like, Stephen will be looking at that and saying, Irish Cup, great opportunity for European football, like you know. I mean, the story is about Jordan Owens coming off the bench, getting a couple of goals. But I want to talk to you about Josh Robinson because I've often thought that Josh Robinson has been a very consistent Irish League player throughout his career. There was a lot of talk when he rejoined Crusaders that a lot of fans weren't happy about what happened before, but he's still a strong professional and he'll be a big player for Crusaders between now and the end of the season. Oh, it's massive, and like obviously he's got bags of experience. He's he's not only uh, uh, won things with uh, with Crusaders in the past, but he, he was at Linfield as well, and he's been at, played across the water. So he's got that know how of, of how to see three games, and he's, he can be a threat at the other end. And I think that's why the crews are starting now to look dangerous because they've got all their big players up there and they're, they're performing to a consistent level. But as you say, Josh is the sort of guy that you need in your camp that. That can get you over and, and see three games, like you know. And and I keep saying this every time. I think I won't with yourself, and also with the other guys. But Ben Kennedy, you know, he plays the tune so well. I love his guitar celebration. By the way, I think that's first <laughs> class. But he just comes up with big goals, doesn't he? And yet another big one in this game to to get Crusaders back in this game. Yeah, he's an old guy. You like watching because he's got this sort of laid back. Style he gets me off my seat when I watch him. I think yeah. he's fantastic. He never seems to be stressed out on the pits. He just seems to get the ball and he's got this sort of sort of lazy run with him where he beats guys for fun. And not, as we're saying there about McDonough, he not only creates goals, but he scores goals as well. And uh, I think he's really come into his own this season, so he has. Do you think Stephen Baxter will be so pleased that Jordan Owen's got a couple of goals this match? Because, you know, we haven't really talked a lot about him this season because of the likes of Adam Leckie, the likes of Heatley Kennedy really being these go-to guys, but having Jordan Owens still around the club, still coming off the bench to play a cameo role now and again, that could be absolutely pivotal come the end of the season. Yeah, and I think his value to the team was so underrated at times. I remember uh, earlier in the season, I went to a game 
think it was Lauren at, at Seaview, um, and the crews held on for a, for, I think it was a one nil one nil, yeah, and and they threw Big Jordan on, and it was in his own box that he was doing the damage because they were throwing balls in and he was just heading them clear and mm. he was so dominant, and a guy that got there where Stephen is ultimate trust in him and he'll just do whatever his manager tells him to, whether it's defensively mm-hmm. he knows what to do and. Uh, it could be crucial in this this around the season and especially in the in the cup games because he's an absolute handful to play against. Now mm-hmm. he might not be as mobile as he once was, but if you're throwing the ball into the box, he's going to do a ring to get on the end of it. So yes. Yeah, very much so. A, a terrific fight back from Crusaders, as I said, from two one down. For Dungannon, though, I mean they played really well in this game. Certainly for a good hour, they were well in contention. What happened to them here, Stephen? Did they just get a little bit naive in big moments? Yeah, it's probably. You know, when you're in that situation, and as we talked about pressure, you know, as, as you're watching the clock going down, and when you're winning and you're away from home, and you're thinking <laughs> the clock's nearly stopped at times, <laughs> that doesn't seem to, you know, when you've maybe 20 odd minutes, they, they hang on. And I, I think it's just a sign of word and gallants at the minute. They've had some really positive results this season and some progress made, but they're still maybe just lacking that extra little bit of quality. They, they really mm-hmm. push on. But I'm sure when you look at the job Dean's done, they've, you know, he's, he's done a fantastic job there. And I'm sure this summer again they'll kick on again, and like I would say, ultimately they want to be knocking on that sixth and seventh place. Like you know, they want to really be up there. And the style that Dean's playing, he's going about the game the right way as well. A bit of a shout to James Knowles who scored from the spot in this game because I noticed on social media he just got recently engaged. So James, congratulations yeah. if you're tuning into the show. Reese Campbell scored an excellent goal in this match as well. Yeah, and and, and like he's been an all star performer for the Swiss this, this season. Like they've got so many talented young players and. Obviously, they've lost Oshin Smith, who was such a big, big player for him. So credit to him for keeping going and, and you know, pushing the, uh, at this stage of the season. I think now that they'll be looking to finish the season, you know, with a good solid run. Whenever the split happens, they'll be looking to, to kick on and, and trying to build towards next season again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dungannon look like they have more than enough to to survive, don't they, down the bottom? Yeah. I think, yeah. and, and they're playing with a, a lot more confidence now. Obviously, the first part of the season, it took them a while. They were a bit of a sticky patch, and they seemed to be losing more than they were winning. But Dean has turned it around, and I think the players now are, you know, are fully in the, what he's trying to achieve there. And I think they'll probably enjoy this these last you know few games of season, and I'll set them up nicely for going on the next campaign. Obviously, Crusaders go through and they and they play Clifton Villa at CFL. Of course, they did meet uh, in the league very recently. And I think the one thing that Stephen Baxter wanted to tell his players is make sure we have eleven men on the pitch because Declan Cadell's early red card in that game really set them back the last time they met. That's it. And like when you're you're coming up with big games like that got here, the last thing you need is is needless sendings off. And I know the Red Bus can descend on anybody, you know, particularly in Derby games. But like, if you're wanting to go on to achieve something this season, you need to keep your full full quota of players in the pitch. I'll be honest to see where the semi-final will be because obviously both sides play in 3G pitches. I'm sure mm. they, would, they would prefer maybe they play on that, but if it's on the grass pitch, well, I'll be honest to see who, who adapts to that the best. Yep, very much so. We look forward to that two CFLs. As I said, Cliftonville against Crusaders, but we still don't know who Balamina will be playing. And I'm sure when you're listening to this uh, after the 7th of March, you will find out who has uh, come through those matches. Um, in terms of uh, the Premiership, there was one game on Friday night. It was played a week later uh, than expected because of COVID-19 case policy. Linfield did come through against Carrick Rangers in the end by two goals to one. Uh, I know Stuart King was pretty irate at this match being called off in the first place. Obviously, it was then replayed, but 
I think his side really competed well in this match, but Linfield got the job done and that's all they really need to do at this stage in the season. That's it. And uh, funny, I was chatting to a few guys at the weekend and it was just Linfield always find a way. And I think that's a testament to, to what they are as a club. They, they, that's why they've won so many titles and won so many cups that they, maybe when you're not at your best, you can go and you can you can get a result and see a game. And Carrick's not an easy place to go. And, you know, obviously the pits and things they got there and, um, there was a lot of pressure on them for they they hold themselves back to the top of the table on Friday night, but they came through it. And um, I think from now to the end of the season, you're going to see a lot of maybe <laughs> scrappy games, but mm. man- managers won't care as long as they're picking up three points. It's not all about performances, it's just getting no. the three points, as you say, and that's 100%. what it's all about. Tom Scully uh, scored their own goal in the third minute. Very unlucky own goal, I have to say. I did see that one. Uh, Chris McKee made it 2 0. What have you made of him since he's come to the club, Stephen? Because He's scored quite a few goals so far. Yeah, it's, it's took him a wee bit of time to settle. Like, obviously, um, you know, when you were stepping up back into senior football and uh, a lot's been made of, you know, Lumford's uh, striking options this season. Obviously, Christy Manzinga's been, you know, the top scorer and banging them in, but they maybe haven't found a regular, you know, a strike partner for him or someone to step on whenever he's not available. Uh, he certainly took his goal very well on, on Friday night. It showed a good good ingenuity. They, they back mm-hmm. it in. He's a he's a Lumford boy. Uh, it would mean a lot to him. I'm sure they they go and help the Blues win an our title. So uh-huh. I, I think the confidence that he'll gain out of of scoring. Uh, you know, he was claiming the one against Porta Down. I think uh, the two best goals are still out in that one. But I think that was an goal. Uh-huh. Uh, that, but that's what strikers do. They, he got himself in there. He made yep. that opportunity happen. So um, I'm sure he'll be buzzing now that he's, he's contributed to to those results. I know Carrick didn't get any points in this game, but I'm sure Stuart King will be delighted that his side made Linfield work for their win. Jordan Gibson did half the deficit with 20 minutes to go, and by all accounts, Carrick very unlucky potentially not to nick someone at the end. Yeah, as I was saying, like you know, Sturdy's got Carrick flying. I'm sure he's probably sick to the back teeth, always talking about playing well, but maybe not coming away with mm. the points to show for it. Uh, I'm sure he'll, that'll be something that he'll be looking for for next season to prove on that they have to start getting rewards for for their efforts. Um, yeah, but going up there and you know they're, they're a team full of experienced players and Big Gibson's a bit mercurial at times. You know, he maybe there's chances you would expect him to score. He maybe doesn't take them, but he definitely took his goal well on, on Friday night. And there's definitely a player in there, and I'm sure Stuart will be hoping that he can get him firing more regularly. Yeah, very much so. A massive win uh, for Linfield. And as we've said, uh, they went back to the top of the table on goal difference from Glenn Torn and won ahead of Clifftonville. 62-62-61, uh, those three sides at the top. We have two rounds of matches in the Premiership uh, this week. We have the midweek games, Balamina against Linfield. Of course, Balamina did beat Linfield in the Irish League Cup early in the season at the showgrounds. Carrick against Portadown at Taylor's Avenue. You've got Crusaders, Coleraine. Glentour and Clifftonville, a match, as we said already on the show, that could be shown live on the BBC Sport NI website. Glenavon travel to Lorne and Warren Point host Dungannon. What, what kind of catches your eye on these midweek games? It has to be Glentour and Clifftonville, hasn't it, surely? Yeah, that's, that is a, a sentence uh, to be an absolute classic. And the Ballymena Lumfield one is an order. Mm. One David Jeffrey against his old team. He'll be <laughs> wanting to have a say in who decides to win in this title. That's it, like, and and DJ will just be giving it the, you know, it's only interested in what Balamina do, and obviously they're still uh, the hope of getting into the top six, so they won't be giving it up lately. Um, and the, the Balamina pitch, obviously, it's been well documented. It's not the not the most mm. uh, easy in the eye or consistent of the good football. So 
it could be a tricky night for Longfield going there and Balamina's tails will be up after yep. the cup result. Uh, but I think definitely the Oval is, is where everybody's eyes will be on tomorrow night. I mean, another game that kind of catches my eye is Carrick pulled it down. Of course, pulled it down under the new manager. Uh, got their first win against Warren Point. Massive three points recently. I mean, they'll be getting a little bit of confidence going to Carrick. And if they were to win this match and Warren Point were to pick up anything against Dungannon, you kind of really worry for Barry Grace team. Yeah, you know, when you looked at that game recently at Shamrock Park, you maybe would have thought Warren Point would have nicked something from the game because they were coming in with maybe a little bit more of a of a run behind them. But that uh, was a fantastic result for Portadown. I think Barry was quite scathing about his players afterwards. Mm. He was very disappointed. But as you say, tomorrow night, that could be a crucial one. Like, uh, But it'll be a tough game for Portadown going to Carrick. As we just said, that's a difficult place to go. And similarly, when Warren Point with Dungannon, Dungannon will make sure that it'll be a tough game for them. We mentioned this a big week for Cliftonville because obviously they've got Glen Torn and then they've got the Irish League Cup final. What about Coleraine? Because they've got Crusaders at Seaview. You know, there's going to be a bit of a scrap on for trying to finish fourth and trying to get a good position for the Conference League playoffs. Though, how will Coleraine approach this game? Because they've been a little bit unlucky in some respects and then they got a draw against Lauren last week. You know, late equaliser in that one. Another tricky one here. Yeah, uh, it's probably the, the Lauren game was was not what anybody at Corian would have wanted to have to deal with in the, in the build up to the, the Irish Cup match, but it, it was a decent performance. And obviously, getting the last one equalizer, give everybody, give them the, 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 the lift, sorry. Um, could be summary this week. The last thing you want getting into a cup finals is coming in the back of a bad result. So I think the only way they approach it is to go and try to win the game. Uh, the team selection will be interesting because I think there's a you know, in terms of suspensions, you know, there's a few guys sitting, you know, near the fifth suspension. So whether or not I'll, I'll you know, change things up because of that or not, or just say to the guys that you're playing regardless. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, it, but it's a big game because obviously the crews are ahead of Corey in the table and Corey would love to call on that gap. And uh, I think they've, they've already won it at CV this season. So there's no reason why they can't go and get an order result there. And of course, we we mentioned about Balamina. You know, they have a game in hand. You know, if they want to get a positive result against Linfield, suddenly they kind of look and say, "Okay, the top six is not beyond reach." Yeah, that, this is it. Like they're still there and they've still got an opportunity. So uh, it's going to be tight until that's a cutoff point. And I don't think anybody can afford to take their foot off the gas just yet. Yeah, very much so. As we said, that Glen Torn Cliftonville game is live on the BBC Sport NI website on Tuesday night. That should be a very exciting game, the 8th of March. Uh, let's move into the Championship because we have always been keeping an eye on the Championship. Some rip-roading games once again. Obviously, Newry weren't in action because they were in the Irish Cup and we'll wait and see if they get reinstated off the back of the, the Glen Tour news as we have heard this weekend. But Stephen, we saw some pretty extraordinary games in the, the Championship again uh, this weekend. But we have to talk about Anna United because they are top of the table Kieran McGurgan's side have played 30 games. They're on 58 points. Just how good a job is he doing there? That's fantastic. Like he, You talk about a team that's just getting stronger and stronger as the season goes on. Uh, you know, uh, you run out of you know, sort of praise for them because obviously the, their resources compared to other clubs is, is probably a lot, lot smaller and they're just not going away. And I think Yuri now... Slipping down into second place, I know they have two games in hand, but psychologically, you obviously would rather have the points on the board, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And getting up into the, the Premier League is where these clubs want to be. And, um, you know, and they're sitting there now, <laughs> it's whether they, they can handle the pressure 
of being mm-hmm. in that top spot. So it's, it's certainly going to be an interesting few weeks to see how that they, uh, they, they deal with the situation. I mean, they had a fantastic away run at Newry City on the Friday, didn't they? The, the 3-0 uh, win. And they played an entire half with 10 men as well, didn't they? And then they backed it yeah. up, going away to the dub to play bottom of the table, Queen Sheet of Versailles. They won it 4-2. You know, sometimes when you've had a great result like that away against probably the favourites for the championship, you then think the next game they might not have the same quality, but they came through this game and this is a very good win. Well, definitely. And, you know, as I say, they've just seemed to have got that, you know, but about them that they can go and get results. And this time of the season, as we just mentioned there about the premiership, it doesn't matter what the performance levels are. It's about picking up the points and uh, it's certainly going to be... Uh, a very tense finale for these clubs. I think there'll be a few boys sweating on the, on the promotion, like you know. I, I just think the Anna story would be up there with Leicester winning the Premier oh, League. You know, it'd huge, just be huge. be right up there. Another club that have really been on a great run of late are the Welders, Harlan and Wolf Welders. They went up to Fernie Park and won three 0 I mean, I certainly didn't see that result coming. No, and the, and the Welders were obviously a lot of cl- a lot of people were predicting them to be up there challenging for the title this season, given. The, the side that they've assembled and you know the fantastic the facilities um, that are now that they're playing under. Whether they've left it too late, I don't know. You know, when, especially when you look at the the form that the, the likes of Nuri and Anna are in. You know, can they claw that ground back? I don't know. But they're a club that really have ambitions to kick on. And uh, if they don't do it this season, I would say that they'll be kicking on for next season. Mm-hmm. They're the seven points behind Anna, having played the same amount of games, but they are now two ahead of Balna Mallard after that victory. Um, we have to talk about Nell Curry because Nell Curry is just an effervescent character. Uh, yes. the, the show before another great result for him and Clifford Adams and team. They they won four 0 against Institute. He's doing a terrific job at Dundell, isn't he? Yeah, as we always say about uh, about Nell, like you know, he's he just has a know how and he knows how to to get teams and. And set them up, and obviously this season the main thing was to guide Dundell away from from uh, away to safety. He's he's pretty much done that. They're they're sitting quite respectively now. Yeah. They look and they build again for next season. They try and you know push more towards the top of the top of the table, and uh, I'm sure Dundell are, are glad they have him in there. Another manager who's got off to a good start since joining the championship is Matthew Tipton, a, a fantastic one uh, for his Ards team, beating Ballyclare, who, of course, have lost Paul Harbinson as their manager. 5-0 odds. I mean, Tippy will be delighted with that. Oh, very much so. And uh, like um, uh, knowing him has been such a football man, I'm sure he was absolutely got it, how things turned out at Portadown, given his, his history. With him. But he's got straight back in there and you know, he's doing the job now at Ards and he's probably enjoying the challenge and, you know, Ards have a decent squad. Like at the start of the season, they started really well. They just maybe hit a bit of a sticky patch, but he seems to be getting a tune out of them now. And um, again, it's really one with one eye towards next season and what he can achieve and what he can build there. It's just fallen off a cliff for Ballyclare. That's because like, it's such a good start. And then obviously Paul is gone. What, what do you put that down to? I don't know. Obviously, you know, Losing the likes of Howard Beveland and at the back uh, is a massive loss whenever you're at that level and you're bringing in such an experienced player. Still got a good few years of football in him. You know, it's a big loss to them. Uh, confidence, results, everything is just taking a dip. And I think once you get into that spiral, it's very hard to get yourself back out of it again. Yep. Because that league, league is so competitive, you know, you, you could be up for two or three weeks and then suddenly lose two or three games and you're back down out of it again. Like So 
maybe the pressure has just got to them. Yeah, there was a six-goal thriller in the other game. Dirkview 3, knock Breda 3. Dirkview scoring a 95th-minute equaliser to get a point here. Uh, they are very much on the fringes of the top six. I mean, we're having, I'm having a look at the table here. We're, we're getting very close to that split. You know, there's just nothing to choose between a lot of teams. I mean, Loch Gaul have got games in hand. They didn't play this weekend. But you look at, the, at teams in and around the mix, I would say Dundella maybe just have too much to do. But one team out of Balna Mallard, Loch Gaul, Ards and Dirkview is going to miss out on the top six. This is it. And as I was just saying there, like it's such a, a competitive league. And, you know... Word, there's so little room for for losing your form, and the next few weeks is going to be crucial. Like uh, with the pressure, and obviously Murray now with a, a potential Irish Cup semi-final, and they often how do mm. they handle that and manage the expectation of that? So it's set that up to be a massive, massive end of the season. Yeah, it's two midweek games uh, in the championship. Lockall host Ballyclare, um, massive game for for Lockall, but particularly for Ballyclare as well, but certainly for Lockall if they want to you know, have a good end to the season. And then Yuri, as you mentioned there, one of their games, and they play on Tuesday night, a home to not Breda. They, they simply have to be winning this one to, to go back top. That's it. And, you know, I'm sure Darren will be the message that they, they don't want to be off to a spot for too long. If they were to slip up, it gives Anna such a, a massive boost again, like, you know, so it's, it's, it's in pressurised times and there's going to, it's the old cliche, there's no easy games no matter who you're playing. That's mm-hmm. how you go and address it, like, you know. We always like to check in on the Intermediate League as well, so I'll just run through the scores from Saturday's matches. Armagh City beat Lisburn Distillery 3-0 at Home Park. Uh, Limavady had a great way win at Dollingstown by two goals to nil. Bangor beat Moyola Park 2-1. Newington beat Bambridge by a goal to nil. And the PSNI won at Tobermoor by two goals to one. Armagh City uh, top of the table at 34 points, but Bangor have two games in hand, four points behind with Newington in third on 27. Plenty. Uh, to keep interested there. Uh, Stephen, let's move into the weekend's games. But before we do, let's talk about the Irish League Cup final on Sunday. A historical moment for both Cliftonville and Coleraine, played the first ever Sunday final. How special a moment is this for Northern Irish football? Yeah, I think it's a it's a great uh, a great occasion because obviously Niffle uh, have done fantastic work in recent years and they've looked at ways to try and kick the game on even further. Um, the fact that the game has been broadcast on Sky and, you know, they're hoping that it's going to be the biggest ever attended in the full final is, is massive. Um, just hope it's going to be a real good spectacle on the pitch as well. Uh, it certainly has all the makings to be a, a fantastic occasion. Um, and it says a lot about how the League uh, Cup has been marketed in recent years. Uh, in the past, it was all midweek and even the final was midweek and it took away from it, whereas now it's given its proper credence and knowing where it should be. So it's ah. great to see you all around. I have to absolutely agree with you and congratulations to Niffle and the marketing and of the competition and really looking like they're going to be selling out uh, Windsor Park, which would just be fantastic. Yeah, and uh, I remember the 2018 Irish Cup final between Corey and Clifford that was a fantastic occasion. There were so many fans there that day and it really added to it. And that's what you want for a final. You want the players to come out and embracing that atmosphere and, and thriving on it. And it, uh, as I say, it has all the makings to be a fantastic day. As I said earlier on, Coleraine have yet to beat Cliftonville this season. Psychologically, do the Reds start this game as favourites? Yeah, I would say you're probably right, you know, because you give current form and you give, obviously, the results against Coleraine this season that they are, without a doubt, favourites. Uh, as I say, the pressure will be on Cliftonville in terms of 
this is the first trophy that they can win of a potential treble. How the players react to that is going to be interesting. Talking to a few during the week at the press conference and obviously in the game on Friday night, it's very much that they don't want to be considered as nearly men because mm-hmm. they've obviously earned a lot of plaudits this season for the way they've gone about their business, but you don't want to finish the season empty-handed. You know, mm-hmm. Sorry getting pats in the back, but they want trophies around and medals around the day. That's what they well, want. this is it. This is it because, as we said, Cliftonville could win a potential treble, but at the same time, they could win absolutely nothing. And yeah. there's a lot of stories off the back of this game because it could be a, a, another trophy for, for Paddy McLaughlin. Obviously, he has won a trophy before at the club. But you also think as well on the flip side, Oren Kearney could win back-to-back League Cups, which would be a fantastic accomplishment in itself. Yeah, and for Corey, and it's a it could be a third trophy in four seasons, which would be a fantastic of achievement course. for Orn and the boys. Uh, so they, they deserve a lot of credit. Um, I know Corian's record in cup competitions recent years have been has been very very good. It's cup finals come down to who performs on the day and yes. who reacts to the occasion. There's a lot of the 2018 Irish Cup winning squad for Corian still in that squad. Where that will count for anything, it'll be interesting because obviously that experience mm-hmm. of you know getting there and seeing the game out. I think last Friday night's game, it'll be interesting because obviously Corey and now have fire in their belly. They feel aggrieved about how the match went about. So whether that is anything to it or not, I think the first half will be telling because who who settles the best, who gets that first goal, and who can manage the game out, you know. Uh, I was going to ask you for a prediction, but this is so, so tough to call. Uh, so I'm just going to sit very much with splinters uh, on the fence. I, I'm, I think this is going all the way to a penalty shootout. Uh, I, I'm not going to say who wins. I just think it's got the makings of being an absolute thriller, and I think it'll go to Spockex. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it is very hard to call, particularly being a final. I think you know players react, and some players lift their games for finals. Some players... Or overall by the occasion it's just so hard to predict how you, what's going to happen um, but I think you look at the two sides off the cliff have been amazing this year they've really taken the, the fight to Renthorn and Linfield mm-hmm. um, and you have to give them all the credit in the world but mm-hmm. Corey and have that shrewdness and an Oren Kearney of a manager there who I'm sure has a game plan and how he thinks he can get one over Paddy and there's a lot of season. There's a lot of good young players on both sides that are sort of coming through. Yeah, look at someone like Luke Turner, who's having a superb season at Cliftonville. And young Patrick Kelly at Coleray, and he played a big part in the Kane goal last Friday night. You know, what an opportunity for those two gentlemen, if selected, to play in a final. I mean, this would be fantastic for them. Yeah, like obviously uh, Patrick uh, Kelly has come on the scene this season. He's maybe not played as regularly as what he maybe would have hoped, but the last few games he's come in there and done really well. Not only has he given Corey in that energy in midfield, as we saw on Friday night, he's got that creativity. That was a lovely way to pass in for London. Uh, so I think he could be the sort of guy that could thrive in the big pitch at Windsor. And you mentioned there about Luke Turner. He's He's been a rock at the back alongside Johnny Addis and obviously popped up with a with a big goal there recently against Warren Point. And uh, I, the, you certainly have made Clubville a lot harder to beat this season. I want to wish Paddy, Oren and their teams all the very best for the final. I think it's going to be a cracking game. I'm certainly going to be watching it. I was planning to come over to Belfast for the game and unfortunately I can't manage now, but I will certainly be tuning in and I want to wish everybody who's going to the game all the best. I hope it's a very good game. I hope it's a competitive game and I hope uh, the right team wins on the day and it's a very competitive game, but it's certainly going to be very hotly contested. There is so much stuff happening this weekend, Stephen. I mean, we talked about the midweek games. But then we also have some extraordinary games this weekend in the Premiership. But obviously we have that League Cup final. But Friday night, 
Linfield Crusaders, a game live on the BBC Sport NI website. You know, the big games just come thick and fast. I mean, another Belfast derby, and again, Crusaders have an opportunity to have a say in this title race as they travel to Windsor Park. That's it. And, uh, you know, Stephen Baxter, he's obviously been there, done it throughout the years, and he would love nothing more to go to Windsor and pick up a result for his own sake, you know, because obviously the crews are still fighting away there and trying to finish as high as, as they can this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, that certainly won't be an easy game for Dunfield, but they would love to be able to straight their advantage at the top of the league, you know, if they get a positive result on Tuesday night and then get an R1 on, on Friday night. The 30th of December 2017 was the last time Crusaders won at Windsor Park. How big a factor is that? It's massive, like you know, and it, but I'm sure it's one that Stephen Baxter is aware of and one that he'll be desperately trying to, to put right. Um, when you consider the, the Titanic battle, battles the two clubs have had down the years, um, certainly at Seaview, the crews have had maybe the, the better of things of, of late, but uh, it's set up to be an hour crack in an encounter Friday night. And um, Lumfield know, as I was saying earlier, they just have a, a bit of an act of getting over the line, but they know mm-hmm. they'll be in for a real battle on, on Friday night. Just to clarify that, that was in the league. Of course, they did win in the Irish Cup uh, after extra time uh, back in 2019. But yes, a very interesting game here. Um, Linfield have won three of their last five, but they have lost the other two, of course, away uh, at Lauren and Glen Soren. Uh, as I said, Crusaders, apart from that, Cliftonville defeat have been in, in good form. Well, give us a prediction here, Stephen. I th- I- I'm going to go for a draw here, right? I think Crusaders might get a point here. I'm going to go 1-1. I think... It'll be tight, but I think the Blues will be just sneak over the line 2-1. 2-1 to Linfield, says Stephen. You'll have to let us know who you agree with uh, by following me at stat underscore Grant on Twitter. Uh, let's look at the three games uh, on Saturday. Uh, and Glen Torren, obviously, we talked about Cliftonville and how big a week it is for them. It's a big day for Glen Torren as well, isn't it? Because, you know, if they weren't to get a positive result against Cliftonville, suddenly this game away at Dungannon becomes huge as well. That's it. And as we were talking earlier about Dungannon, they have, you know, they have a bag of confidence now. You, although they lost at CV last week, they take a lot of you know pleasure out of how they played and pushing Crusaders really far. And you know, there's no pressure in these teams now, and all the pressure is on the Glens. And I, I still think that they'll have probably too much firepower when you've got boys like Connor McMenamin that's just can pop up with goals and you know Jay Donnelly. It's uh, I still think they'll probably come out with the three points at the end of it. Yeah, Glen Torn have won the last seven meetings uh, between the, the two sides. And, uh, you know, the last meeting, they, they won 3-0. And of course, they did have that cracker on the opening day, didn't they? That finished 3-2, which was very mm-hmm. interesting. But I agree. I think Glen Torn will get over the line. I think they'll maybe win it 2-0. But I think Dungana will be competitive. I maybe go for a 3-1 myself. But yeah, I was kind of I thinking think that as well. Yeah, yeah, I think it'll be an interesting game. Now, the next game, I want to get your thoughts on Glenavon against Carrick Rangers. Of course, this was the scene where Carrick won 4-0 earlier in the season. Can they repeat the feat here? It's so so difficult to predict how Glenavon are going to do because there's some weeks you watch them and they're fantastic and they'll, they'll take any team apart and then maybe the following week they, they just give a surprise defeat. So, as I was saying earlier about Stuart Ace, I'm sure Stuart Ace fed sick the back teeth of same time well and covering off the show for it, but they will probably point to that game earlier in the season and say, look, we've done it once. Maybe not 1-4-0, but I'm sure they're, they're feeling like capable of going getting the win. Yeah, and they were 2-0 up, weren't they, uh, early yeah. in the season at uh, at Carrick as well, and, and Glenavon scored two stoppage time goals to get a point. So, they do play quite well against Glenavon, Stuart Kingside, mm-hmm. so it'll be interesting, but they have lost seven of the last eight games, the Amber Army. So it's a it's a must win for them 
Glenavon, too many draws, that's kind of cost their top six aspirations, hasn't it? Yeah, as I say, they've, they've maybe picked up three or four good ones and then sl- dropped silly points elsewhere. And that's that's been the sickener for Gary this year and something that he'll be up to address for next season. But on their day, they're more than capable of being a match for anybody. I'm going to go for a five-goal thriller here. And sorry to Stuart King if he is listed to this, but I'm going 3-2 Glenavon. Uh, I think it might be a 2-2 draw. 2-2 draw. Uh, we talked now about Portadown Balamina. As we said, uh, Portadown got that first home win of the season in the league uh, against Warren Point last time out. They obviously have Carrick in midweek. Then they're at home to Balamina. Um, this is an intriguing matchup because Balamina still harbour aspirations of maybe sneaking into that top six. But if Portadown could get a positive couple of results this week, they could pull clear of danger. Yeah, it's... Uh... Obviously, Portadown picking up that one over Warren Point recently gave them a wee bit of brain space, but it's as Paul Dillon said that day, it's too early to call anything yet when you look at the games that's left. So he knows that he needs to keep on picking up points. You know, because I, mean, that, Warren Point, I mean, that Carrick game on Tuesday is huge because oh, if they can win massive. that, they get that back to three points. And then if they were to nick even a point here against Balamina and Carrick weren't to pick up anything, suddenly it's squeaky bum time at the yeah, bottom. That's it. And it, it certainly just, you know, as to the pressure going under the last few games of the season for everybody. Mm. Um, Balamina, though, but have the opportunity to close the gap on the on the top six with Corey and not playing this weekend. So I'm yep. sure DJ will be imposing that on his players and saying, look, and particularly if he can get anything out of the Runford game on Tuesday night, they'll be saying, look, boys, you know, we need to keep this good run going. And, uh, you know, you never know, they might squeak in there at the end. I'm going for an extremely tight game and I'm going for 1 0 the Sky Blues here. Yeah, I think. 2-1, maybe, Balamina. 2-1, Balamina, says Stephen. Let's move into the championship because we have uh, the Bunkers Championship as always to, to look forward to some, some cracking games in here. Uh, Anna are at home to Lock Gall. I mean, Anna, you know, the story of the season. But their home form sometimes has been a little bit erratic uh, and Lock Gall still harbour aspirations of getting into those playoffs and having a strong end to the season themselves. So, so this is an interesting game. Yeah, definitely. And uh, now you you know, the guys are starting to probably think about the games and thinking, oh, we're only so far away from this and that and the other. So that brings its own pressure with it once you start to, to overthink these games. And it's, Karen, I'm sure I'll be trying to impose on them that guys one game at a time, see where we, where we finish up. But I would say it'll be another t- tight encounter, but I think Anna will come out with the three points. Interesting one. I'm going to go for 2-2. I think it'll be a very exciting game and I think we'll see a share of the spoils. I did neglect to mention there is one game on Friday night uh, at Blanche Fleur. Harlan and Wolf Welders against Dundella. This could be a cracking game. Yeah, like uh, obviously East Belfast rivalries there, so there'll be no love lost. I'm sure there'll be plenty of giving out on the pits. And uh, as we were talking earlier, Nile has Dundella firing and, and the Welders have had a bit of form. So I think that could be an interesting, I'm sure there'll be plenty of entertainment. I probably think it maybe be a 2 2 draw there. Well, the Welders haven't been in Dundella since 2018, which I, I mm-hmm. thought was quite an interesting factoid there. Uh, I'm going to go 1 1. Uh, I think it'll be a very close game, but I think we'll see another shade of the spoils there. A bit of a big game here because both teams kind of out of form, certainly Bally Clare are out of form, and they've got Dirkview at home. You know, this is a, a big game for Dirkview if they want to try and sneak into that top six there, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, both tight sides sort of maybe struggling for a bit of form. I think the way Bally Clare is going at the minute. It's getting the new man in and getting a, a bit of mm. something just to give them a lift and get their season going again. But I think the longer it goes on, that you know that confidence level is just draining out of you a bit. So 
I think maybe Dergview will come out on top of this one. Yeah, I've got Dergview to win this game 2 0 here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, Institute against uh, Queen's University. That's really a, a bottom of the table clash. Is this simply must win for Queen's or they're down? Yeah, I think when you're playing the teams around you, you really need to be picking up points to have any, any chance of surviving. Um, like Ian, you know, Stuart's form has been up and down a bit of late and they've picked up points and then dropped points again. So they probably know if they can avoid defeat, then they're probably sitting in a, a decent position. Yeah, Institute's last two meetings between Queen's have both finished 1-0 to Stute, and I think it'll be the same here. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, so we're both going for an Institute win. Now, not Breda against Balna Mallard. Obviously, Balna Mallard off the back of that 3-0 home loss last time out. Harry McConkie's side need to get back on the bike here, and going to not Breda won't be easy. No, tough game, and but I'm sure Harry will be stung a bit by the result last week, and they'll have the guys working harder this week. They're a good side, Balna Mallard, and as you say, they can't afford to be giving up points like that. So I would say they'll get back to winning ways again this yeah, week. Yeah, I think I think they will as well, but I wouldn't be surprised if this is 2-1, something like that. Not Breda, of course, just yeah. three points above Institute at the ball, but of course they do have that game in hand against Uri, which they're playing on Tuesday night. Yeah, that's very, very tight at both ends. Yep, so we're going for a ball in the win. And then, of course, Newry against Ards, uh, the other game. Tiffy will be wanting to continue that fine form and go to Newry, who obviously you know have not been in the greatest of form of late. This could be a bit of an intriguing one. Yeah, it's probably uh, you know we were talking about a big week in the Premiership. It's a big week for for Newry in the, in the Championship, the game on Tuesday night, and then this one. Uh, Ards under Tippy, as we said, they have hit a bit of form, and mm. he would love nothing more to for side to go down there and pick up results. It's maybe the game that. Yuri maybe wouldn't want to be playing this Saturday, but what can you do? You have to face it up there, and I would I would think it'll be close. I think it could be a draw in the end. I, I'm going to surprise you here. I think I'm going to go for Ars to win this one. I, I think they might mm-hmm. win it 2-1. And if Darren Mullins listened to this, he's just unfollowed <laughs> me on social media as a result. But I, I think Ars will uh, will make this one. But I do think Nuri will win on Tuesday night. So it's going to be very competitive between now and the end of the season. And I'm sure yeah. plenty to, to, keep, to keep us interested for sure. We will have time to have a look at our fantasy football teams because we are very much coming towards the end of the show. And obviously it's been a while, so we've not really been checking things. I certainly mm-hmm. haven't been for a while, but I'm sure mm-hmm. we will do the next time we come on but Stephen it's been great to have you back on the show what's your week ahead looking like yeah busy week uh, we're uh, getting our, our pages ready for the League Cup final preview we had a great press conference last week up at Windsor Park organised by Niffle with uh, Levi Ives Chris Kern and Paddy McLaughlin from Cliftonville and Warren Kearney Lyndon Keane and Matthew Sevlin from Corian. so get good chats with the lads and all the content will be out later on this week so just excitement building up towards the big day and then uh, obviously Sunday it'll be a full-on day with the match and then all the post-match stuff. Excellent stuff and I'm sure Stephen when that uh, articles are out if they are out already you can go and check them out on your socials and also on the, the newsletter as well. Definitely yes yes. Yeah very much so so do go and check that out. Stephen it's been great to have you on. Thanks everybody as always for tuning in uh, to the Campbell's Footballs podcast. We of course haven't done an Irish league uh, review for quite a while so it's been good to uh, get back on the bike with that this week and hopefully we'll have a few more of these between now and the end of the season Stephen I hope you enjoyed the cup final I'm sure it'll be a, a very engaging game I'm sure everybody as I mentioned earlier on who is going to the cup final please enjoy yourselves and hopefully it's a, a very competitive and enjoyable game for, for all I have this week out of time thanks very much for, for coming on the show as always you can find myself at stat underscore grant on Twitter you can check out all my other content there we have got James Singleton Uh, out on the podcast this week on Friday. 
Uh, you can also check out some of my previous discussions with Connor Keeley and others as well, including Simone McGill and Rachel Furness as well. There's plenty to keep people entertained on my social media at the moment. But thanks to Stephen for coming on the show. It's been a long time, Stephen. Thanks again. Oh, pleasure, Grant. Always uh, glad to come on and have a good chat with you about football. No worries at all. And thanks, everybody, who tunes in. All the best. Bye-bye. Bye now. What a dangerous night.